0: Today, on episode two of the Angry Christian podcast, we are going to be talking about the place of anger. Uh, there's often uh, maybe some misunderstanding, especially if you're reading our, our Facebook page or our blog. That um, I've actually had some people ask me or say to me, Are you a pacifist now? You went from an angry Christian to suddenly being a pacifist who's anti-anger, anti anger, anti all of that. And, and the reality is, is that that's not really the case. Like I haven't become a pacifist. I'm not, uh, I'm not somebody who's saying that anger has no place. So to address kind of some of those questions that have come out of some of the things that I've seen, um, I did want to do a full episode about the place of anger, kind of discussing as Christians, if anger has a place, what is that? What does it look like? Where where should it happen? You know, when is it appropriate? How is it appropriate? All those things. And we'll be able to walk through all of that. But first, um, I wanted to read um, a scripture from Ecclesiastes three, which uh, if, if you've ever read the Bible and you're you've ever read Ecclesiastes three, you're going to know this, you know, these verses immediately, mostly because a song was written about it back in the 70s. Um, you guys know that song? I
1: do.
0: I think it was turn, called the turn, Age of... Turn. A- yeah, Turn, 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 Age of Aquarius, right? No. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, there is a season turn, turn, turn. Anyway, uh, this isn't the um, Ed Sullivan show here. Um, but uh, that's where they pull this, that song. It comes directly from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8, which says this. Now I'm reading from the ESV. Um, Honestly, I'm not one of those picky guys too bad about versions. Um, ESV just happens to be one of my go-to versions, but this is what it says in Ecclesiastes three verses one through eight. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And now that I talked about that song, I just read that and I hear the, the music in my head. Um, anyway, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose A time to keep and a time to cast away a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, which I'm really bad at and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace. Now, as I read through that, you probably noticed that the word anger wasn't there. However, I feel like verse 1, which says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. This isn't an exhaustive list. It's not like King Solomon wrote this to say, this is every instance that has a season. He He's using this as an example. It's a list of examples. It's not exhaustive. This isn't the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, this is this is Solomon's spark notes of everything that has a season. And so he doesn't necessarily mention anger, but he does mention things like hate. And he does mention things like, which I find interesting by the way, is that he says that there is actually a time to hate, um, a time to, uh, embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to love a time for war and peace. Um, You know, a time to break down and to build up, a time to kill and a time to heal. Uh, Those are all things that, you know, when you read them, you know, you could say, yeah, I think he would probably argue that there's a time to be angry and there's a time not to be angry. Um, So would you guys guys agree with that assumption that Solomon is suggesting that here? That uh, he's not suggesting about anger, but that if everything has a season, that anger certainly has its own season.
2: I would agree because I'd say that it's really hard to have a time to hate without anger being included. Good point. Good point. I I
3: mostly agree. You know, during in this portion of Ecclesiastes, Solomon's talking about the um, monotony of life and how um, it's very cyclical. Right. So to the point about. Hating, I'd have to look at the Greek or actually the Hebrew for that word specifically. You know what I mean?
0: So here we go. The Greek word for hate here literally means to hate, um, to detest.
3: Again, it goes to like we've often said to hate the sinner, not the sin. Some people don't like that. I mean, hate the sin, not the (laughs) sin. There you go. Cut that out. No, I think you had it right the first time. Hate the uh, sinner
0: and not the sin.
3: Totally. That's <laughs> perfect. So uh, hate the sin and not the sinner. Um, it, I, I, I do agree that there is a time for anger. I, I actually thought about this in relation to uh, 9-11. And there's still a lot of people that are super angry about what happened. And they some people cast blame on specific groups of people. And some people cast blame in a very general way. Some people only cast blame on the actual people involved in it. And so are we still in this season of anger as it's described here in Ecclesiastes? Mm-hmm. Um, implying that there are seasons for it means that it comes and goes. Uh, not that it's something that's held on to right. it, um, That's constant yeah uh so i do agree i do agree that there's seasons for everything in life and anger is one of those things where it it comes and goes and we have to look at uh when is the right time for that when is the right time to be angry Mm -hmm. and when is when is it time to let it go
0: right you know to to kind of go along uh, there was something you just said there um there was something you said there just a moment ago about the fact that when the word sees it implies that it's not something that's permanent, that it comes and goes. Um, And I I think that's an important distinction um, to make because uh, there are people who can latch on to their anger and their bitterness and they will literally hold on to it and it becomes everything everything it becomes everything to them and it's it literally is um their life in fact um who is it dr henry cloud talks about that and in boundaries and how people will actually uh, hold on to you know their anger and their bitterness and and i'm it's been a long time since i've read that book so i'm not necessarily um uh, saying it's necessarily in that book but i know he's done a lot of stuff through that ministry. But anyway, that the idea of holding on to anger and bitterness um is actually they hold on to it because it actually is like a, a place of comfort for them in a weird kind of yeah. sick
3: way. Um and I, I much in the same way that sin is a comfort in a in a messed up way. Right. Right. And in a lot of
0: ways that you know I've had pastors in the past who said, you know, sin is fun, <laughs> or at least some sin is fun. Um So they're they're like with your anger, it feels good to get your anger out. If if we're really honest, Um, it feels good. And it's even better when you get people who are patting you on the back and encouraging it. Um, And it makes you feel justified in expressing your anger. And, you know, I went through a season of that, we'll just call that a season, Um that over the last, I don't know, several years, I was uh, especially the angry Christian on, like, social media and um especially during, like, election season, right, during the debates that you would see on TV or during, just during the entire election process, especially in this last one, and I would say it, because they frustrated me, they, they angered me, their, their their politics or their positions really um, ticked me off. And I would say things sarcastically, you know in, in an attempt to poke at them. And when I would do such things, I would actually have you know lots of people jump on there and and praising me for those things and giving me a pat on the back and saying, that's awesome. I'm gonna share this And then next thing you know, it's being shared all over social media kingdom come. So that was, uh, not the best way, but, but what I'm trying to get at is that for me, I did that and it felt good. Right. And it, it perpetuated that in me and, and I would get those pats on the back and I would get people praising me for the things that I was saying and they were stupid, um, and then what i found interesting was when i began to get convicted about those things and i began to kind of reverse my language a little bit and i would i would challenge some of the the dumb things that i would say and i would say you know uh, is that really something a christian ought to be saying or doing um, those very same people who were patting me on the back, they're actually, they they began to mock me. They began to say, are you a liberal now? Or have you moved into Bernie Sanders world? Like what, what's going on with you? And I just thought that was crazy. I thought that was crazy that because I, I got convicted over my, my angry outbursts and I would try to address those that suddenly, you know, I'm, I'm completely politically opposite of what I was before. Like, not necessarily that's not what i was trying to get at at all like anyway that was probably a long rant that had zero to do with what we're talking about
3: not, not, not a long rant and it's a posse mentality but I, i'll say this too i you know you lost some friends i did in that period yeah uh now granted they were of the same staunch mind on the opposing spectrum but nonetheless you lost an opportunity at at reconciling um, relationships with those people yeah. uh, during that period. So, um, you know, and something can be said for uh, healthy relationships versus unhealthy and, and playing the fake game and all that. But as Christians, we're supposed to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And as 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 far as it concerns us to make peace. Sure. And that means not letting politics get in the way of our, uh, of our, Christian brotherhood right yeah so so in that season you know despite the fact that there is a season of anger does that mean that it's good to have a season of (laughs) and when if it is when is good anger and when is bad anger those are great
0: great questions um I intentionally said when and not what (laughs) Like what prompts appropriate anger?
3: Right. Because I think we can all agree that anger is the result of something. You don't just you don't just show up angry. Anger is caused by something. even if it's indirect, it's caused by something else. Um, so those periods of time when we're angry, we're coming in with some sort of baggage. One of the things I think about when
0: when you said, you know when when is it appropriate or where is it appropriate? Um, I know that back in my anger heyday, I would often use the example of Jesus in the temple when he literally <laughs> crafted a whip and chased yeah. people out and flipped over tables and you know, that was the the, the not so nice Jesus that we just saw. But I would use it to justify, and I would just say, yeah, i'm I'm coming in here to the political world that's full of of heathens, and I'm flipping tables and and cracking whips, you know, like Jesus did because I'm trying to bring a righteous anger to this this atmosphere and and that we all need to be upset about the way things are going, and blah blah blah, blah. blah. And you know, to that, I, I would I would have to ask the question, just because Jesus did it and could do it does that mean that we can do it or that I can do it? Can, can I actually exhibit righteous anger the way Jesus did? Now, I think the Bible answers that question and I'll give that in a little bit. Um, But I was just going to put that out there. Like just because Jesus did it, can we do it or should we do it? And is it possible that we can have righteous anger just as Jesus had?
3: Well, and not everything, uh, oftentimes things are taken out of context. <laughs> you know, we, we, we constantly hear in society, people love to parse verses like judge not lest you be judged. And we, we negate the rest of the context behind it, um, which is very, very lazy on our part. And also, I think it comes from a little bit of fear Mm -hmm. when the light of the gospel is shown on our sin. Uh, But, you know, you bring up the point about politics and and arguing over politics. Well, was Jesus uh, dealing with Caesar when he was doing that? No, he wasn't. No, And and essentially, we're talking about um, what would be equivalent to arguments in the Senate back then. Uh, and thank God that we have the blessing and the, and the privilege and responsibility to be active in our political culture. But Jesus spoke very little on our activities in the political culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that we are absolved. That we somehow stand back and let bad things happen, because knowing right from wrong, we have a responsibility to stand up for what is right, especially on an individual level. Right. It comes to what we do in the voting booth. Yeah. And so, but when it comes to flipping tables and fashioning whips, that is not the example that was given to us. These were people that were desecrating the... Symbolic house of God and Jesus in his symbolism showed what it meant to clean house literally, right? Right, (laughs) and what he does, what he does now in the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is us, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I also think that what he was doing was done from a pure motivation, right? Um, we can. All day long, we can sit here and say, yeah, my motivation is pure, but the reality is Scripture tells us that um, the hearts of men are wicked, and and I can deceive myself into thinking that I've got pure motives for something. Um,
3: oh, man, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs>
0: That's my life story. Yeah. I mean, we all do it. We all do it. We all justify ourselves. You know, I can sit here and say, well, God hates abortion. Therefore, if I'm opposing abortion and I'm doing it, you know, and I'm angry about it and I'm going after it and going after people who support it, then therefore, um, I must be righteous in my anger, um, It doesn't matter that the approach that I was taking was very demeaning, very um, full of arrogance and pride and lacking love and grace um, at the same time.
3: You know, that's funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about this the other day. You know, where's the cutoff point? So you, you make a good point about using an abortion as an example because when do you, you're, you're righteously angry yelling at uh, young women going into the abor- abortion clinic. Yes, you're right. But, see, let, let me make sure I'm not miss-spoken uh, or misunderstood here. But how do you know if, you, if you're truly right in what you're doing? Hmm. And I believe that abortion is evil and wrong and should be done away with and is a a massive stain on our society and is definitely um, uh, sin in this world. But that deep anger is what led Timothy McVeigh to do what he did in blowing up abortion clinic. Right. Yeah. Uh, Was he justified? Was he righteous? Exactly, and that's the thing. It, you, you have people that, are, that agree it's wrong. Yeah. But it's that same hatred and anger that led him to do that that motivates other people to to approach these things. And see, I'm not saying – I'm not making a supposition one way or another. Right. I'm just saying it's something that needs to be strongly looked at and broken down. Sure.
0: No, and and I've actually I've actually heard people make supportive statements of such behaviors, like literally saying we need to storm the abortion clinics, kick in the doors, and drag the abortion doctors out. And it's just like whoa, whoa, um, you know. And then then they, they want to use things like Elijah in the Old Testament as as justification. They, they go past Jesus. Now they're into Elijah, you know, when he's up there and he's confronting the prophets of Baal. And, you know, he literally after they've demonstrated that Baal is a fake God, and then he demonstrates that God is a real God, you know, he, he slaughters them uh, right. with a sword. Um, this was also after he, makes fun of them and mocks them. Again, another situation where I look at it and I go, okay, just because Elijah did it, does that mean that the Bible's saying we should do this with unbelievers? Um my argument would be, I don't think that there's ever a time or a place for us to mock the unbeliever because the New, Test- I the agree. New Testament I agree 100%. Yeah, the New Testament talks frequently about remembering where we came from that you once were like this. And how can I mock them for being as blind and ignorant as I was? You know that I would effectively be mocking myself, um, and it, it certainly doesn't lead people to um, a desire to want to hear what you have to say when you are making fun of them. Now, Elijah in that particular instance, I don't. There is never a moment where it it um, where the Bible supports necessarily what he did. You know, they just recorded what he did. This is what Elijah did. He got up there and he said, "Oh, your God must be taking a crap." So that.
3: Well, keep in mind too, Elijah was working with the uh, full direction of God. Right. See, we he, he wasn't working off of his own own means in that process. Sure. Uh, just like, uh, you know, Joshua when he would go and lay siege to these cities, he was he was doing it at the direction of mm-hmm. God. Timothy McVeigh is not a prophet, and neither are the folks that are out there uh, espousing violence against other people. Because, and the reason we know that is because Jesus laid it out for us, right? (laughs) You know, right? Jesus told us to be peacemakers as far as it concerns us Mm. to be peacemakers. That means that means uh to 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 our extent now. Sometimes peace can't be made. Wait, so
0: you're you're saying that, that peace is not dependent upon how they treat me.
3: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now well, that stinks. <laughs> let's let's get into the weeds a little bit because there is a time for for that right for anger set forth and for defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this discussion with my youngest the other day when we were discussing football. And I told him, I said, you know, football's a game. But but in, in between the plays, you are going as hard as you can against another individual wearing an opposing jersey. I said, after the play is over, that's that that person and even during the play that person's still a human being right you don't hate them you just compete as hard as you can against them because uh there's an ultimate goal there's a winner and a loser right. well when we look at war it's the same but can i explain to him when i joined the army that's a whole nother story there
0: As an aside, Michael wanted to make it clear that while he joined the army, he never actually served due to a family situation and an injury that forced him to take a general discharge from the army. Michael wanted to make sure there was no misperception that he is a veteran. His younger brother serves now, and this is something that matters to his family. Michael is not a veteran, but he did go through the thought process of what it meant to have to take another man's life in a combat role. The following story is not from the perspective of having actually been in a combat scenario.
3: But when I joined the army, I knew that I was joining to, I knew that it was going to require me to take another man's life and that that other man's life, that soul, because of where I would be fighting, would end up in hell more than that. Right. And that was not something that I took lightly at all. Sure. And I understood that I wasn't—I would not kill that person out of anger toward that individual. Uh, much like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the understanding is that the this group of people that we would be fighting against has one goal, and that is to wipe us out. Right, and that's been shown time and time again historically, and so on. And so uh, radical Islam is what I was fighting against, that ideology. I would gladly, the same people that I would fight against one day, that I would shoot to kill to keep them from killing my brothers in arm, I would gladly go and minister to them. Mm-hmm. The very name. I, I can separate the two. My anger is not toward those individuals because there's a lot of things that go into that there it's an entire cultural thing right you know you you talk about a village in the middle of the middle east where there's hardly any outside influence or anything and all of a sudden this group comes in and says you either join us or you die and then you spend the next 10 years being indoctrinated that's you know how do you hate somebody that's literally been brainwashed right But you can't allow them to strap on a bomb and go kill your children. Right. Be sure? It's, it's right. Right. Agreed. You hate, you hate the circumstance. You hate the, the reality. Matter of fact, you hate war, period. The fact that it even is, a, is the, the sinful nature of our world that causes it to exist in the first place. That's what we hate. We hate the sinful reality in which we live, but we don't hate those involved in it, or at least we're not supposed to. We do, and that's where we falter. Yeah, uh, Oftentimes, we hate our brothers and sisters, which is uh, with, without... without. Uh... Well, we've turned them
0: into our enemies. We, we, we turn them into the enemies when the Bible tells us that the flesh and blood is not our enemy, but... Darkness and principalities, basically Satan and his little army of goobers, they're the ones that are the enemies, not the people standing before us because the people standing before us, God still died for, um, he still sent his son, Jesus to die for that, that person, even if they're standing on the other side of, of the enemy lines, if you will, um, you know we can't, we and that's that's where i think christians that's where we get tripped up that's where it gets dangerous and that's why i believe the writer of james said this in james chapter 1 verse 20 he said for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god um you know and that's that's what i believe answers the question of whether or not can our anger be righteous and James is saying, look, the anger of man, it just, it doesn't produce the righteousness of God, period. And that's because of the fact that we are fallen beings. We are not, we are not capable to do what Jesus did without sinning. And that's why it's, in my opinion, it's better to err on the side of, you know, trying to, as as you put it earlier, live at peace with everybody, um, Than to give into our anger and to just uh, respond, you know, however it is that we respond. Usually, I know for me, when it was various moments, I would respond in um, sarcasm, you know, and (laughs) I can be a sarcastic guy, and you may not have picked up that yet. Um, I, I know, I know, but my sarcasm tends to be my vehicle uh for my true feelings about you <laughs> um oh not in situations where i'm having a good time like where i'm literally joking but like when i'm in a situation where somebody's saying something that i'm just like you just need to shut up you sound stupid you know I, that's when my sarcasm comes out in an attempt to point out how stupid i think they are
3: well you know it's funny you bring that up because um you know, in Matthew five twenty-two. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to read it real quick. Read it. Matthew five twenty-two. This is also in the ESV because um, I am not from the you know Middle Ages. Um,
0: I personally like the King James version sixteen eleven, um, where the S's or F's.
4: Yeah. I do
0: too. It's my, my personal it's totally favorite. Awesome. It's what I read to my kids every night.
3: All my, right, it makes up for all of my grammar. <laughs> um, Why? Well, see, in King James's guys know that it's an F, not an F. Um, let's see, five twenty-two with my glasses. On. All right, but I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to help hmm. now these things uh these things that he's talking about these aren't those seething angers this is like you're talking about with uh with uh in the moment mm-hmm. um uh this is not uh something um in the in it's funny you bring up King James and King James the word is raka that's used. <laughs> and raca has been translated as nitwit, blockhead, numbskull, uh bonehead, brainless, and idiot. Wow. I, I... And raka is is basically an intranslatable word in the Greek. It's more of an expression. So it's it's a uh, it's like going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when somebody says something and you're just like idiot. Ah, yeah, uh, I've never done that,
0: yeah,
2: ever. That's what you Repent right, now.
0: Right. It, <laughs> another, <laughs> 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 Repent for my sin. Uh,
3: but Jesus was, in, in talking about this, Jesus was addressing the Pharisees because they were having a discussion on murder. And the Pharisees' definition of murder was the actual action. Mm. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, no, it's not, when, when the Father spoke of this, it wasn't just an action. It was a meaning in the heart, so your your general feelings about things implicate
0: you. Jesus always made things more uh, difficult.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> everybody. Th- everybody everybody thinks he came to make things easier. I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you read when he talks about like what you're saying, and then he also talks about adultery? It's like, no, adultery is not just sleeping with another man. It's like, oh, I looked at the other woman with lust in my heart. Dang it.
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know. You, the, that feeling, that disgust in the moment, yeah. it grows, it it it, it festered. I was reading today, and it breaks my heart. I was reading about a young man named Cassine Morris uh, in New York. Uh, Cassine is a what was a teenager um, that uh, had a girlfriend, hmm. another guy, uh, a little bit older than him thought that she was his girlfriend. Hmm. They argued about it. And the other guy stabbed him in the heart. Killed him. uh, While 70 other teenagers videoed it and did nothing to help Kassim. Nothing. Now, when I read that, I was angry. Oh, yeah. And I was angry with the 70 teenagers recording on their phones.
0: And if I was the parent, As I would be I, even more angry.
3: Right, right. And I I had to sit back. I mean, I was I was righteously angry in my heart, you know. That clearly didn't come from me. It wasn't because of me that I was so angry. Hmm. But I had to sit back a second. And this was I read this after I read this uh uh Matthew 522 earlier today. And I was reading William Barclay's commentary on it. I I had to stop because I realized in that moment I was doing the exact same thing that Jesus was talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Now. I was hating the person now the murder. I hate the murder. I hate the murder. The murder is the, is the uh, effect of every bit of sin in our world. It's, it's just another example of the sickness and the death that, that we are born with. Um, but the murderer, he has redemption. Sure, it's it's there for him to take. Yeah, through repentance.
2: See, that's a hard pill to uh, swallow, he, too. He
3: hey.
2: One of the uh, yeah, it is. One of the cool things I've noticed. I pulled up the word "angry" in Matthew five twenty two, and it literally shows uh-huh. expressed as being fixed anger. It's positive when inspired by God, but always negative when arising from the flesh, sinful, unnecessary anger focuses on punishing the offender rather than the moral content of the offense. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Always.
3: I like how that, how I put that always Not sometimes. So every time, because when the human aspect of it gets in the way, huh. it's the automatic fail.
0: Yeah. Which is going to be almost every time. Yep. Because we're human and, We're terrible at that.
2: It then
1: references
2: references Ephesians 4.26, be angry and yet not sin. Huh. Which Ephesians 4 also goes on to say, don't let
0: the sun go down on your anger. That's the last half of that verse. Yeah, which means don't hold on to it either. I think we talked about that in our last episode, which is, you know, if there is a place for anger... It has to be fleeting. It, it cannot be something that we hold on to. Like, you know, if you read it all through the Old Testament,
3: there ought to be a big, I'm sorry, there should be a big neon spine over that verse that says married couples. <laughs> married. <laughs> That's
0: actually a, a, a practice that Sherry and I have have pretty much consistently done through our entire marriage is that if we are mad at one another, we rarely, if ever, have gone to bed still angry like we and maybe it's just me because i'm stubborn but you know if i'm mad at her i feel like she's mad at me i'm the type that refuses to let her go to sleep until we talk it out
3: (laughs) i'm I'm the type that I, i i i truly have to apologize like i there's always we're we are always wrong on our own front in some way both sides are always wrong. You guys are more wrong. And I have to apologize for my side. Sometimes it drives uh, Amanda crazy because uh, she's like, it just doesn't seem sincere. I, I'm like, well, it may not seem sincere, but it is. I'm telling you, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you can't hear the sincerity in my sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I just have a natural sarcastic disposition. So people just assume I'm, I'm being flippant uh, when I'm really not. You you have RBF. Oh yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm probably gonna have to edit that out now. That's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Little kids are gonna go home now. They're gonna go. What's RBF, Dad? It's like, oh son. Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Red flag on the play. Brad Bates with the foul.
4: I can't believe you said (laughs) that.
0: RBF. What's the other? Uh, there's another thing with the RBF. It's not RBF now. It's just my. Uh, I don't know. We'll go with angry cat. How about that? The angry cat face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: was gonna say don't dig too
0: deep. <laughs> I'm not. We don't want to harp. We don't want to harp on too much and give kids too much um, fodder for their parents. And they're gonna go home already now and ask about what RBF is. So. I've officially derailed the podcast. Congratulations, Brad! You get an award.
3: Uh, I I, I want to go back to um, to what Jonathan was saying because every always when he, the human nature is involved, we can assume failure, um, uh, and, and that's important because our compass, our guiding light, is Jesus Christ, and that means that the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Are our uh, our tool to show us right from as long as we're able to go back to the scripture and verify and and, and that's kind of what we're doing tonight it, or not kind of it is what we're doing we're saying in the light of scripture what is anger what is right anger what is wrong anger when is anger appropriate and when is it not appropriate mm-hmm. and so the, the simple answer Jonathan gave us. Pretty much any time that it's human related that you, that you can say that was my first reaction, it's wrong.
0: Right. When it arises out of the flesh, as he put it. Exactly. But when we can look at it and you know, I'm put off by and see this is something I have to struggle with myself. And it's something that and I say struggle with because there's there's certain things that have happened in my short 37 years of life and especially in the last 5 6 years of my life where i i'm having to fight let uh, you know my fleshly anger from rising up and overshadowing the appropriate anger that i should have felt um like for instance this is no secret um but you know my my parents got a divorce a few years ago and i would say even though both sides are responsible just to a degree you know my father was far more responsible for his part um and you know the the marriage ended in in adultery and you know adultery is one of those things that you read about throughout the bible um it didn't go well for anybody who got involved in it um no. Uh, I just look at David and Bathsheba. There's one example of many. Um you know, but what I have to struggle through or fight through is okay, we know that adultery is evil. We know it's bad, we know it's wrong. We know that that God is fully 100% against it. Um but I can't allow that to cause me to be permanently angry with my father either. Um, and that's a hard one because I know that there's also the aspect of, it's not just anger towards him, but also distrust, right? Um, there was, there was a level of trust that was broken. There was a level of respect that was broken. Um, I'm angry about The fact that my parents split, I'm angry about the fact that my dad had an affair on my mom, Um, you know, and and just recently I found out that my father has married this lady. So, um, you know, that's angering as well, (laughs) Um, to put it mildly, that that, that angers me because I get mad and I think about the fact that, you know, he used to be a pastor and a campus pastor and I'm going, how are you, how are you? How are you even remotely justifying this and moving forward, you know, with these things as though they didn't happen and that, you know, you're treating it as though marrying her has suddenly righted all the wrongs. Um, But despite the anger towards the adultery, I have to keep my anger in check towards my father as well Um, because he is, you know, his sin Separates him no less than my sin separated me from God as well. And
3: right
2: exactly.
0: That doesn't mean that necessarily my little white lie or that his adultery is 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 the same necessarily with the implications of of repercussion as, say, a little white lie when you say little white lie. like you 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 make a little little lie about something. But at the same time, both of those things were sin. Both of those separated us from God. And if I take Jesus's word serious about the fact that um, adultery is not just a physical act, but a mental act, well, then probably every man who's married has been guilty of adultery at some point, right?
3: I'm sure that you a lot of your anger that you have, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it comes from wanting justice for a wrong that's been done. Not just not just to you, but to your family as a whole. Yeah. But when you break it down, if you really break it down, the anger that you feel about it—that's done to your because it's been done to your family—it's it's really about making when when we have situations like that, it's about making us feel better. Like like if somebody does something, like for instance, um, if somebody. Did something to one of my family members, mm. I would want vindication for that. There's a thin line between wanting justice for them and me wanting the satisfaction of knowing that they were vindicated. Right. And uh, I, I know that personally in myself, I would want that. Uh, that's why I, I, speak to that uh, in your regard.
4: Yeah.
3: At the same time, then. At the same time, there is justice because the Bible tells us that it's. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen your dad's. Uh, uh, you you know he's not all right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that that sin has its its uh, Tentacles. effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've seen it too many times before. So
0: then it's, you know, is, right. is it safe to say then that that would be an appropriate Brian's calling. anger? Like, Brian's calling. If, if, as long as I'm not doing Brian's something calling. that is, is taking Brian's out calling. the anger. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Hello. We, we have a late bloomer. We were just talking about adultery. Oh, wow fun fun stuff like that yeah. Yeah. I came in on the heavy stuff you did <laughs> you did hey let's just start the podcast over again um, I'm just kidding
3: <laughs>
0: it'll probably be cleaner if you do that's true we can drop the RBF stuff
2: <clears throat> RBF what did I miss <laughs> hey we have a podcast where you can catch up on <laughs> All
0: right, that's fair <laughs> uh, he's a a late bloomer to the podcast.
3: No, we were uh, go, going back to what you were saying though the so uh, we're talking about the 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 anger that comes from when we know that there's a sin that's been committed, we know that it's wrong, we know that there's a right and a wrong and a wrong way to go about it and and we know that what we're angry about is something that's worth being angry about because it's against God. Mm -hmm. But do we still have a right to be angry about it? Because um, uh, I I was reading some more on Matthew Henry when he was talking about Matthew 5, 22, he says, thou fool is a spiteful word and comes from hatred
1: Mm -hmm.
3: looking upon him, not only as mean and not to be honored, but it's vile and not to be loved. Right, Thou wicked man, thou reprobate. So in our anger, despite the fact that we are like, well, you know, I'll move on sometime. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 actually tells us that that's not true. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Mm. So it's something that festers. So... You know, when we're talking about instances with our close family and and friends that that hurt us deeply. Yeah, we might have just cause in in holding up the Bible as the as the the law. (laughs) But if we are going to do that, that's where judge not lest you be judged comes into play. Hmm. Because if we are going to to pass judgment, if we're going to. To say, all right, I'm angry with you and I'm not gonna have anything to do with you ever again because I'm angry. I'm right because the Bible says this is sin and this is wrong. That's passing that judgment. That's that's being that's putting ourselves in God's place as judge mm-hmm. and saying, My anger, my anger, at that point we're saying our anger is God. Mm-hmm. We're putting words in God's. That's, that's the way I, I See it as broken down. Uh God doesn't give us that uh levity. He tells us to let it go. Right. Because righteous anger is his. It's his to do with as he sees fit.
0: Right. Or revenge is mine, thus saith the Lord. Exactly. That's a hard pill. I don't like those, Michael. Can you please take it back to the store? <laughs> This is one of those I, I thought we would get into at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me no likey, this bottle. Um, is there a different flavor I can choose? Sure. One that tastes sweeter? They're, they're
3: not taste
0: <laughs> no, they all taste better. <laughs> they're all bitter pills that you have to swallow.
3: <laughs> no. You can either have the whole bottle of sriracha or the uh, pickle juice. Mm.
0: Choice. Ooh. <laughs> Or pickled sriracha, um, Ooh, that just—that's actually. I mean, it could be good. Who knows? Um, <laughs> nah. No. What were we gonna say, Brian?
1: <laughs> no, that—that that sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> no, it's cool. You just put it on your deviled eggs. It'll be great. Ooh. See, I'm just—I'm like Chef John over here making um, recipes on the fly. I don't like that's even worse podcast
3: for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We were talking about anger, but then we turned it into the food network. Hey,
0: sometimes you just gotta food divert when you're uncomfortable with what somebody's saying. Um, guy's angry grocery games. <laughs> guys angry grocery games. Great mark. Now I think you're I think you're on to something there. Um, because and I think that, that I think that's in line with James one 20 that says that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Um, that's, that's not to say that we will never feel angry, that we'll never have a moment of anger and that having that moment of anger is in itself sinful. See, I think that's something else we need to define is having a flash of anger. Is that in itself a sin? I think it's a lot like a temptation. Um, Temptation in and of itself, if you're being tempted, it's not a sin. It's it's the action upon the temptation that becomes the sin. Therefore, the action on your anger becomes the
3: sin. Does that make sense? Exactly. Well, I have an example of that. It's kind of kind of probably gonna touch a little close to home, but I have a friend, um, people that I've known all my life. Um, close to my father. Um, the, man, the man divorced his wife
4: mm-hmm.
3: some time back. The, the daughter, his daughter, so close to him, but his son, his son is uh, a Christian man and this man is not godly. He does not follow uh, godly principles and so the Christian son has, because of some things that have happened in, in the past, mm-hmm. he has uh, just completely disowned the dad hmm. um, and so the the he does not see his grandkids he does not um, he does not have any connection to that family at all and th- don't get me wrong this this guy has the things that he's mad about yeah they suck right <laughs> put it plain and simply they suck I, I don't expect him to be happy about it, right. But what's resulted in it is that the kids know they've got a grandfather that they can't they can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so they lose that connection to their heritage. They the the son, um, there's clearly a gap in his life uh, from not having any kind of connection to the dad. And the dad who needs that kind of strong Christian influence in his life only sees judgment. He doesn't see redemption, mm-hmm. and actually, it's taken him out of the church. He he actually for a time there was uh, in the church trying to to you know trying to get right with the Lord, and, and I have issues with that that saying get right with the Lord. You that only happens the holy spirit but that's another topic altogether sure. but the uh, the he at least was making strides to seek after the right and the son could have been a positive influence in that but he just washed his hands and walked away and i i personally don't think that that's the right thing i think he's doing the wrong thing in that case um, i'm doing the same thing he well, that's why I said it might be close to home. Dang you. But I've seen the hurt. You know, I've seen the hurt in both sides. And uh, and it's... Don't get me wrong. There, there has to be commonality in the reconciliation. Right. Uh, in other words... Now, now, some people say... I've had people before say... Well, Jesus requires calls us to repentance. So, the we have to the other party has to. But never in the New Testament does it say that we have to. We should expect repentance from other people when we're trying to to reconcile with them. Right. Uh, in fact, it, it shows the opposite that when we reconcile, um, the reconciliation usually leads. So, yeah. When in human
4: terms, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, You know, there's also other verses that talk about when you have um, confronted somebody about their sin and they refuse to turn from from it, um, that you you break fellowship with them as well.
3: Is that now? Uh, This might be getting into the weeds for this podcast, but is that not referring more to uh, grouped bodies of believers? In other words, Paul speaking directly to the church involved.
0: Um, I'd have to look at the context um, and how he's writing it, whether or not he, when he says for them to to do that as he's saying it to the church and saying as a church do this, or if he's saying, if you have
3: a situation where, you know what I'm saying? I know he addressed it when it comes to, uh, to, uh, ministry uh, as far as mission were when, uh, when the Lord told him to, uh if the people didn't hear what they'd say to, dust off their feet right and but again that's a very specific case and i i believe like i say we can go back and look at it and break it down but i believe that paul is speaking specifically to the body of believers at that time Mm -hmm. referring specifically to those uh who were causing uh, issues in the fellowship of that body right
0: well Certainly some homework, right? Name. We can take that as some homework to to look into. I, I can't speak confidently on it personally. So um, it's just something that came to my mind as I was listening to you talk, and I was trying to justify yep. my behavior. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> That's so wrong. You know how no, I am. I like, I like to lead
3: you to your truth. I like to let you find it. Can we do funny voices then? I can speak however you want, yeah. Hey, Mr. Frog. No, that was Fried
0: definitely not cool <laughs> You want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that was. What was that?
3: I don't know. I was drinking a cup of coffee, so it's jacked my throat up. Let's see. Now he's blaming the frog. Ho,
0: frog here.
1: <laughs> I believe this. Kermit Frog here. My ho, Kermit Frog here.
2: I believe this episode's the uh, perfect episode for a Hulk impression when we talk about the place for anger. <laughs> yes. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. Hulk, Hulk like, like smash, beauty <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: By the way, not talking about our God, I'm talking about Loki. If you've seen the movie, just the best best line in the entire movie.
1: Speaking of extreme situations, say uh, someone broke into my home and they're threatening my wife and my child. I'm not going to be happy about that. Now, I'm going to do some things in anger. And I don't think that's the thing that I would do to protect them would be sinful.
0: Sure. Which, by the way, if anybody is is curious, the reason he said his wife and child is because they just announced that they're having a baby.
1: Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Sleep now.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> get get, get those first. Last few days of sleep.
0: Yeah don't yeah. don't sleep behind the wheel. That would be no bueno. <sighs> But uh yeah so i i hear what you're saying but is that a reaction out of anger or an action a reaction out of, of um d- a defensive posture of protection that that fatherly uh, you know i'm going to protect those i love reaction well
1: yeah it's i mean be later I wanna...
0: later after the moment you're probably going to be thinking about it and it makes you
3: mad well you know it is are you harboring because so for instance uh, da, 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 da. what did matthew henry say about it? rash anger is heart murder uh, when it when it is without any just provocation given either a for no cause b for no good cause or c no great and impro- and proportionable cause so in the moment that you're angry uh to protect your family i would i would classify that as a cause for one thing and i would classify that as a good cause yeah and i would classify that as a great and proportionable cause and this is Matthew Henry talking back in the uh, late 16th, early 17th century. So this is not something that's, uh, you know, the, these angers are not something that have been taken lightly even through the, the centuries. It's something that's been questioned by deep theologians all all through history. That kind of goes back to kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about you know when, when I joined the military and had to make that decision. I've already made that decision in myself that if somebody comes in my house with a weapon, that I will kill them. Right. There there is there is no I'm not going to second guess. I'm not gonna sit them down and have a talk with them.
2: I'm going to kill them. It's not sure. an, right. I mean, yeah. it's not an emotional response to anger. It's a a need that it's either gonna be me or them. And it's not gonna be yep. me. In fact,
1: so you're saying, you're saying that the motivation isn't purely anger. There's
3: a right. thing the, behind it. Right. Me. In fact, in the moment, it's almost. Just anger's not the primary. Motivation. Right. In the moment of a, a, a high stress moment of that severity, it's almost impossible to be angry. And I speak on that from experience. Uh, there, there was a guy back when I was 21 uh, that tried to kill me. He thought I was somebody else. He thought I was somebody that. And the guy that shot at you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The guy that thought I was the guy that married his ex. But uh, I just happened to be a guy driving a similar truck. Yep. (laughs) And and now had a bullet hole in it. Yeah, but now had a cool bullet hole in the tailgate. Uh, But he took two shots at me. Missed. Um, In that moment, I was not angry. I was uh, in survival mode. Um, I didn't have time to be angry. Uh, And even afterwards, and even afterwards, I I prayed about it. I've never been angry at that guy, which is really stupid. I'm more angry at people that get in my way on a daily basis on the road than I was at that guy. And you know why? It's because I, I was intentional about my approach. That's how lazy I am. I can't be intentional on a daily basis. But when it comes to somebody actually trying to kill me for no good reason... I can be intentional about it and, and deal with it because it's in my face on a daily basis. I'm just too lazy to do what with you it. should have done was looked at him and said, I'll be your huckleberry.
0: <laughs> I wasn't armed at the time. <laughs> well, you know, we all know that Chesney is the equivalent of tombstone for South Carolina. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> coming up in my hood and Ledford just happens to be the Doc Holiday of Chesney yes I am I'll be your I'll, a daisy I'll be, be your huckleberry <laughs> oh, you're a daisy <laughs> actually I wish he had I wish he had used a voice more like um, what's his name the the rooster from Warner Brothers oh
3: uh, rooster Cogburn. Yeah, oh,
0: Huckleberry. What, Huckleberry. Huckleberry. Well, I, I, I'll be, I, I'll be, I'll be your huggle bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. like <laughs> <laughs> that
4: might
1: have messed it
0: up. <laughs> I tried. No, I agree. I think, I think that, that that there is definitely a distinction in the in the moment. Now, looking back on a situation, I think. Something like that, you might look back on with, with anger. Like I'll give, it, I'll give us an example. Back when I was in kindergarten, um, my parents were hit head-on in a head-on collision at 80 miles per hour. I was not in the car. I was at my grandparents' house. I didn't even know it happened until the next day. Um, they were hit by like a 15 year old kid who was drunk or stoned or both driving a truck that wasn't his and it was uninsured. Um, he crossed over the median, hit him square head on and sent my mom through the windshield and cut my dad's throat and stuck him all up in the steering wheel. My mom got third degree burns. Half of her head is reconstructed with wire. Um, you know, they spent several weeks in the hospital. Now, when I first learned about it, right, I wasn't angry. I was freaking out like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my parents. Um, but I remember yeah, and, yeah. as the years went by and I began to reflect on that moment. And I never did hear what happened to the kid that hit my parents. Um, and I remember distinctly telling myself, if I ever meet this boy in public, It's going to be everything I do to keep from killing him.
3: Yeah, that's anger. That was anger. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I was like, I was a little kid when I was saying that. I was like eight, nine, ten years old, and I'm going, if I ever see this kid, you know, by the way, just so in case anybody hears this, that I didn't act on that. That wasn't a threat. That was a a thought that came to my mind as a little child as I thought about my parents and the fact that this kid never got what I felt like was was his.
2: Right. Right. And that takes you right back to the sinful anger of focusing on punishing the offender. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all about getting that desire, fulfilling that desire in yourself for uh, for closure yeah and, and 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 having never dealt with that you know you hear people talk about when somebody's on death row and and they're and they the family watches as that person is taken and, and killed all the stories i've ever heard say that it doesn't It doesn't give you that closure. They say, I don't feel like I thought I would, or I don't feel, you know, it doesn't actually fulfill that because it's sin it's not fulfill us.
0: Well, not to mention, you know, I think, I think back on the situation now and I think about the kid, he didn't, this isn't to justify his behavior, but it wasn't like he did what he did on purpose or that he was, that he was out in intentionally seeking out my parents to try and kill them. Um, you know, his, his actions were stupid and they resulted in almost killing my parents. Um, you know, but if I was to talk to him now, I bet he's lived with that his whole life now. That's right. You know, That's exactly right. And and now I probably pity him more than I would be angry at him. I'd look at him and be like, man, I'm, you know, how much, how, how terrible it must've been to spend the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years living with that on your conscience, that you almost killed two people and stripped three kids of their parents. Yeah. You know, and he may not even know that they had three kids. In fact, he may not even know how many people were in that car because it, what I understand is he actually jumped out of the vehicle and ran. Yeah, he managed to he actually just get off with a few scratches and a f- and some bruises while my parents ended up in intensive care for like a month.
3: Yeah, the drunk is usually the survivor. in, in So,
0: you know, and I have to tell myself that you know, and, and so I don't think I I I don't think I would approach him in the same attitude I would have had twenty years ago, um or thirty years ago. I think they call that growth and maturity. Now you're right. <laughs> what am I thinking? That's a what am I talking about? Growth and maturity. Nonsense. Um <laughs>
3: Anyway, my, my Netflix viewing habits uh, point to an immaturity. So, oh yeah.
1: All right, so I, I have to disclose something since uh, people that know me or could be listening to this, um, a few years ago, I actually got into an accident, but um, it wasn't that bad. It was my fault. Uh, I was having a really bad night, and I decided to drink my problems away, and I had way too much that night. And I ended up getting in uh, an accident. It was a fender bender. I scratched the bumper. I passed out as soon as I got into the car. And my car just drifted into the car in front of me, which just happened to have been a cop car. (laughs) So that was fun. Wow. Yeah. Talk talk about a double
3: blessing. I mean.
1: (laughs) But um, looking back on it, looking back on when I got out, was when I was in, I was... Uh, More concerned with getting out. (laughs) I'm like, this place is not for me. I need to get out of here. So I ended up spending a couple days in jail, and when I got out, my mind was reeling about everything that happened, and it all kind of crashed down on me at the same time, and I really processed how I was treated. Now, um, the cop that I hit wasn't the one that arrested me. He questioned me and had me do a sobriety test and all that, but someone else came and arrested me. And uh, even though I had done something really, really stupid, he was so kind and gracious with me. I put one of his brothers in arms in danger. I could have took somebody away from their family. I don't know if this this cop had children or or if he was married or anything like that. I don't know who's who's depending on him. And I could have took all that away. I could have ruined that. And the weight of that crushed me when I got out.
3: That's awesome because that's his testimony working on you.
1: That I was treated so well, even though I was guilty of something that could have spiraled out of control, that was a testament.
3: That's awesome. I mean, think about it. Think of, uh, you know, I I was going to say, you know, the Lord, you could have been, that could have been your last night on earth, but no.
1: It could have been. It could have been. So I literally got behind a wheel and I turned a corner and I passed out.
3: That's incredible.
1: When I came to, I'm like, oh, that's a cow car in front of me. I couldn't find the, the brake pedal. So I'm feeling around for it. And... And then I feel the bum, like, well, guess I'm going to jail. Turned the car off, threw the keys in the passenger seat, rolled the window down, and just put my hands behind my head.
4: <laughs> it's one way to
1: deal with it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know what's happening next. Might as it's well not make the better than how difficult. I normally <laughs> handled
0: cops when I was a kid. <laughs> 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 I was the guy that I should have been locked up more times than I was. Um
1: <laughs> and that's that's the thing about me. Um, there was a time in my life when I was making decisions like that regularly, and I never got in trouble, never got caught doing anything stupid. This was long after I was I stopped living like that, and I just had a really bad night and I dealt with it in a really stupid way. And what happened? What happened. So it was a, a spanking. God told me to wake up.
3: The God dealt with me different. He didn't let me get away with anything. <laughs> Because he knew he couldn't let you get away with anything. (laughs) That's exactly right. He was like, if I give him an inch, he will take 50 miles. There's no way. That brings up another small point, though, about anger. uh, That I... The Bible doesn't really address this. uh, And I have mixed feelings on it. So, see what you guys think. What about an anger deep-seated anger
0: with yourself. Well, the Bible does say, say this, treat others as you would have treated yourself. Well, then I got to be angry at everybody, right? Exactly. (laughs) Or treat others how you would want to be treated. Basically the golden rule.
3: (laughs) I'm disgusted with myself. Therefore I'm disgusted with all of you.
0: I think there's an appropriate level of, of frustration and anger with yourself that needs to be had in order to move forward out of stupid behavior. Um, because if you're never angry about it, you're never discontent with yourself. You're you're going to be content to stay where you're at. If that makes sense,
3: I agree. I mean, I agree with that. There has there has to be catalyst for change, right? Obviously,
0: and I and I think we don't. I think the catalyst is the conviction, and and maybe it's 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 conviction translated as anger. It's like you're feeling convicted, and you're you're you know you get angry at yourself because you know that whatever it is you're doing, it's kind of like what Paul said, you know, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. You know, he's probably he's probably frustrated with well, himself. He's probably going, dang it, well, I'm an idiot.
3: I did it again. Well, Let's back it up a little bit, though. Um, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think there are folks out there that are so angry with their self, they're seeking that same kind of vindication that we talk about. So there are folks out there that do things such as self-harm, yep. things like that, uh, seeking some sort of absolution and retribution for what they feel are inadequacies in themselves. Right. Uh, and that, you know, that's what the Bible tells us that, that Jesus takes care of in us, that he absolves those things for us. So I kind of bring it up, like I say, I kind of lead my questions a little bit. Yeah, but um, I think that's a different type of of, yeah. And I think that's where it gets into a dangerous place. Right, right. And and in case there's anybody out there listening to the podcast that has feelings like that, yeah, you know, you know who you are, and you know who you are more than anybody else does. It's like me. I mean, I know, I know that without Christ, I, I think I'm the biggest sinner that I know, frankly, because I know what I'm capable of. I am capable of sociopathic, uh, manipulative psychological behavior. Um, you know, I, I could rule the world, <laughs> let loose, let loose to be, to be sinful man. I mean, that's just who I know deep down without Christ that I really am. And I think there are other people that feel that way that may not have that confidence in Christ. You need to understand that that's the only way, the only true way that you're going to come to reconciliation, not only with the Father, but also with yourself, because no amount of self-harm or nothing can make up for it. There is nothing on this earth that you could do to make up for it. And so leave it to the Lord. Vengeance is his, but forgiveness is also his. Right. You know, saying, saying vengeance is his means that he, he is, saying it's his means it belongs to him. That means we don't have a right to it. We don't have, there, we, we have no ownership of it whatsoever. It's his. And so whether we're taking that vengeance out on someone else or on ourselves, we have no right to it. It belongs to him. And what he chooses to do, if you're if you are someone that's repented and asked Jesus into your heart, then he has chosen to forgive you.
0: Right.
3: And he has taken the vengeance. He has taken his vengeance, his anger, his righteous anger away from you. Mm-hmm. It's no longer there. Right. So you don't have a right to it any longer. I just want to I just think there's people out there listening that might be struggling with that mindset.
1: Yeah, I just had a conversation like that with someone close to me dealing with um, guilt over past sin and things that have affected other people. And I was just like, well, um, the Lord's not angry with you anymore. Punishment has been paid already. Like, There's nothing that you can do to further atone for it. It's Christ said it's finished, it was finished. Yeah. So you you have to be able to forgive yourself. Christ has forgiven you, but well, what more can you do to atone for this sin?
3: That's exactly right. Because when we refuse to to accept that, we're saying that we we're indirectly saying that the cross is not enough. We we gotta be to right. right. if we truly believe that the cross is enough, then we have to rest in that. And that's a tough thing to do sometimes. It is an active thing to rest sometimes.
0: It is. And we're probably... It's it's easier, I think, to probably forgive others than it is to forgive ourselves.
3: I know that's the case for me.
0: Which is then makes you more angry.
3: <laughs> Don't get me started.
0: Uh-oh.
4: <laughs> Don't get me
0: started. Don't even get me started. Sorry. Let the bodies hit the floor.
3: Um, hey, that should have been <laughs> the opening. <laughs> <Let> the,
0: <laughs> yeah, good
3: luck getting a clearance for
0: that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying Let that unless you guys want to go on the black market and find something to sell. That's I don't that, know. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just find a really bad cover <laughs> to use that. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the.
3: i have to announce for uh i have to announce seven hours worth of football games on saturday so i was looking at intro music and uh some of the knockoff songs made or uh like uh football intros are hilarious they're (laughs) awful they're like on 1980s midi
2: keyboards they're terrible hey
0: what is wrong with the midi keyboard
2: (laughs) i can guarantee you some of those are made with a modern midi keyboard (laughs) (laughs)
1: Probably. 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 Hey, look,
4: while I got posted. (laughs) Oh, I've got to put that on there. (laughs) Let's just change the words. Take on the other team. Take on the other team. Take (laughs) them.
0: I don't know what's wrong with this. Well, Uh, I've got an idea of what's wrong with this, but I don't want to give anybody, you know, fuel. (sighs) uh,
3: You got to stop saying stuff
0: that makes me think of something. Yeah. Give me fuel. Give me a fire. Give me that. Snap. All right. Good. Excellent. I made it and just in time brian got oh and he dropped his phone oh oh crap everything okay
3: don't just gonna, don't be angry
0: oh it sounded like you just got jumped
1: <laughs> no. uh, there were some people yelling outside i don't know if you heard that or not but i just
0: didn't I hear the I yelling but i thought i heard gunshots um,
1: no it's just me dropping my <laughs> me dropping my keys no gunshots <laughs>
0: Thankfully, no Brian's were harmed in the making of this podcast. Uh, there were no gunshots. It was just his keys being dropped on the floor. Uh, we do appreciate you joining us on this episode of the podcast. We are experimenting a little bit with some formatting, so if you enjoyed this, uh, we do want to encourage you to not only subscribe, but also to uh, leave a review and a five-star rating for us and let us know how much you appreciate the content that you're getting from the Angry Christian Podcast. We love you guys, and most importantly, don't be angry. I want to say a big thank you to Jonathan Hamlet, Michael Ledford, Brian Baldwin, and Robert Platt for taking this journey with me and helping me host the Angry Christian Podcast. Another big thanks goes out to Simon Panrucker for the use of his song, Angry Dance, which is featured as the opening song to this podcast. All other production and music was created by the Angry Christian podcast team. And finally, our biggest thanks goes out to you, our listeners, for without you, this podcast would not be possible. God bless.
4: See the cross, the fear subsides, and hope returns, I look to you. I look to you when my heart can take no more, when my faith is insecure, I lift my eyes up to your hill, you are my refuge still. Where my mind is filled with doubt And I feel there's no way out I look to you and hope returns I look to you, I look to you Where my heart My faith is insecure.